where I play, as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 12 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The stars of tomorrow are discovered here. The director of scouting for TSN will join us in just a few minutes. But here's what we're going to be discussing today on Top Shelf Talent, Alexander Holtz. Swedish star. The next wave features a Russian in Dmitry Sladeev and a dual citizen in Tyler Tulio. And in Time Machine, it's a U.S. National Development Center, really good all-around player compared to an O2 Olympian. And we'll look at Cole Sillinger in 2021. In our trivia segment today, I want to know who the highest-drafted Oshawa general not named Eric Lindros is. Lindros, of course, went first overall in 1991. Who is the next highest drafted Oshawa general? And you can vote on our Twitter poll question right now at Duck Millard. We want to know who will be the top Swedish-born player drafted in 2020, Alexander Holtz or Lucas Raymond? Right now, Raymond is leading the way. It's early. I just put this up. 63% of the vote for Lucas Raymond. So you can chime in on our Twitter question. And Craig, of course, joins us on the UFFS hotline. Check it out at www.uffsports.com. You can become an owner. There's franchises available. Or if you're listening to this show, I'm thinking you're into prospects. You could become a scout. Exactly. You can scout prospects for franchise owners. This is the most realistic fantasy platform there is. Uh, A lot of the things mirror the NHL. It is high stakes, but if you're a scout and you have a really keen eye, you can find a lot of diamonds or missed players and then cash in on them. So, You can become a scout, track the same guys that Craig Button does in this format. You own the game, so get in the game. All right, and we're going to get right into it with Craig Button as we dive into the stars of tomorrow. Director of Scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. 
All right, so these are the guys we will be discussing today with the director of scouting, Craig Button, as I uh, give you the player vitals. Alexander Holtz is a left winger with uh, Jer Gardens in the SHL. Uh, he is from Saltsjöbo. Apologize if I've butchered that. It's in Sweden. He's six foot one, 183 pounds. In 35 games in the SHL against men, nine goals, seven assists for 16 points. He is ranked 13th on the Craigslist. In the next wave. We've got Dmitry Sladeyev, a center from Moscow, who or plays for Moscow in the MHL. That's the uh, Russian Junior League. He's from Vorenz, Russia. 5'11", 181 pounds. 42 games. He had 12 goals, 16 assists for 28 points. Ranked 50th on the Craigslist. Tyler Tulio, a right winger with Oshawa of the Ontario Hockey League, is from Lakeshore, Ontario. 5'9", 161 pounds. 62 games, he had 27 goals, 39 assists, 66 points. He is ranked 61st on the Craig's list. And in Time Machine, your hint is it's a dual citizen who's up for the 2020 draft compared to a guy who won an Olympic gold medal at the 2002 Olympics. Pocket picks his pocket. In on fame, Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf. As we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic. Craig, we are getting oh so close to the NHL draft, only a, a couple of more episodes. Uh, so let's get right into our top shelf talent this week. And it's Alexander Holtz, uh, a left winger uh, with uh, uh, Gardens in the SHL, ranked 13th on the Craig's list. And, and I have heard so much about him being one of the best goal scorers in the draft. Does he score in a lot of different ways or is he just a pure shooter? No, he scores in different ways, Dean. And he also, you know, plays on the right side too. So he has that versatility mm. to play left wing and to play right wing. But, you know, he, he's he's what I would call a, a real hungry and determined goal scorer. I mean, he, he, you know, you have to get open uh, to receive the pass and to understand where the opportunity is. And then, and then you have to find a way to, you know, have, have that accurate shot to have the quick release. And, and Alexander has that, but he, he's not a one trick pony. He's not a one spot on the ice type of uh, goal score. He, he gets in and around the net. He drives the net. He also understands how to open up. So, you know, a lot of, some players, you know, that, they're just going to the net. And if the puck gets there at the right time that they get there and they have room, they can take advantage. But Alex Alexander, you know, he, he can slide off and just find that little bit of an opening. And because he's got an excellent release and, and a real, real 
significant accuracy to a shot. You know, he can score from 35 and 40 feet, but make no mistake about it, in and around the net, even corralling rebounds, you know, and, and anticipating a rebound and being able to take advantage of those types of plays. You know, Alex is a, is a really strong, well-rounded goal scorer. We've talked about, uh, you know, some really high-end goal, st- goal scorers out there. Um, is this a guy that you think um, could be in that top 10 category? You have him at 13, but I know you said, you know, players can go at, at, at uh, different spots just because you have him 13th. He could go 7th. Is this a guy in that category? Or is there something that maybe you feel is holding him back compared to the other pure goal scorers that you maybe have ranked higher? Yeah, well, he, if he went 5th, it wouldn't shock me. I, okay. I think, you know, it's not that uh, that I think that Alex isn't going to be a really good – I think he's going to be a first-line scoring winger. That's what I think. So, you, you know, you start to rank players and you start to put players and then put a number behind them. And just because 13 is beside his number, like I said, like the players that, you know, might raise an eyebrows or raise eyebrows is when you look at a player, you go, geez, I, I didn't see him in that grouping. When, when, when I talk about Alexander Holtz and see him in that group, and I, I've talked about high quality, quality first line uh, forwards in this draft, he qualifies. So, you know, whether whether you have him rated 13th or 9th or 5th or 6th, he, he's in that group of players. And there's no question in my mind that he's going to be a, a, a very good NHL player. Right. And he has, uh, you know, obviously high end skill, but you know, there's, there's other things that he probably has to do to get that high ranking. We've talked about other really skilled players that, you know, are either inconsistent or have other flaws in his game. So this guy obviously has a, a pretty good all around game other than scoring. What else do you really like about his uh, offensive and his all around game? Well, what I would say is, is that, you know, when, when, when you score goals, you're going to be uh, marked by opponents. You, you're going to draw the attention. Your, your number is going to be circled before the game. You know, when you're on the power play, the other team is going to be looking at their power, at, at your power play to understand how to take away your strengths. Well, what does that require? It doesn't just require your ability to shoot the puck or, you know, have a great accurate uh, release. It also requires you to be smart, to understand mm-hmm. how teams are playing against you. You know, and, and hockey, like, yeah, his calling card is goal scoring and offensive play, but he's got excellent hockey sense and his timing and he opens up at the right time and he uses deception and he uses fakes. And, and, and that's another element of Alex's game where you watch him in and around a goaltender, you know, he, like he, he can get a goaltender to bite and, and now that opens up the net for him. But defenders, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get himself into static spots on the ice where he becomes easier to mark. He, he, if you want to mark Alexander Holtz, you're going to have to really work hard, number one. Number two, you're going to have to match uh, what I would call, you know, the mind of Alexander Holtz because he's a chess master. He, he, he understands where he's got to move. Call it the, uh, the movement of the pieces on the chessboard. But he knows where to move and he knows how to move other players out so he gets open. So, I, I mean, I, those are the things that I think are necessary for success at the National League level. And what I see in his game now clearly, in my view, translates to success at the NHL level. 
Well, and let's talk about maybe a time frame for his development and becoming an NHL player. He played against men in the SHL, which I know you have talked about in the past as being a very strong league. So, you know, what did you see from him in that league that maybe you can, you know, project when he might be ready? There are some guys that are ready now. There are some guys that might need three years, one year. What what are you looking at as far as projection, time frame, becoming an NHL player with this play, with this guy? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I would say it's at least one year from the time he's drafted, at least one year. You know, I, I think like the SHL, I mean, he's played ahead of his age group. He, he's been successful in, in playing ahead of his age group. And, and that certainly speaks to the uh, potential and the significant, uh, you know, high end potential of Alexander Holtz. But, you know, there's still a maturity uh, required to have success at the National League level. And I've said this often. I will always say it. I don't want a player to just come in and play. I want a player to come in and contribute. So what do you need to do to contribute? There's such an idea that you got to get somewhere yesterday. I, I, I feel that it's incredibly important for players, young players, to hear this. You better be prepared to move to the next level and to contribute at the next level. Because if you're not, you are going to be in a what, what I call a hanging on type uh, atmosphere. And whatever, if you're moving from midget to junior hockey, if you're moving from junior or college to the National Hockey League and everybody wants to be there yesterday, I get it. But if you're not ready to contribute, the leagues will chew you up and spit you out like nothing. So, you know, fans want their draft picks to be there yesterday. Teams get anxious, but the same mistakes get made year after year after year with young players. And Les Jackson, my dear friend, longtime executive in the NHL, he he coined this expression 30 years ago. He said, the NHL is as responsible for failing players are if not more, the players are responsible for failing on their own. And that speaks to being in too big of a rush. Right. So, and, and he's already playing against, uh, you know, pros in that league and he'll do the same thing again this year. And then, um, you know, the, I, I love it when guys already come in with a bit of a pro mentality. So I, I'm kind of excited about uh, the future of, uh, of this particular player. Um, you know, I've, I've read the skating is pretty good uh, and, and can, can be improved. And it sounds like this guy has a willingness to always work on your game. You, you know, you can, you can take a guy who maybe isn't the best skater, but shows a willingness to improve to become a really good skater. Is that the case with Alexander Holtz in, in all areas of the game that shows a willingness to improve? Yeah, I love the word. And I think willingness is a great word. And, you, you know, he has that and he has that ability uh, to, to, constantly push himself to be better listen you know what his skating is not something that's going to hold him back but his skating if his skating was better we'd be talking about him right at number one or two really that's how you know that's that's the skill set he has and that's not to say that he that he can't continue to improve but he, he doesn't have that speed he doesn't have that, that 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 unbelievable quickness you know when you watch players excel at the upper echelons of the league you know there's certain qualities they have that other players don't and so perhaps like it's not going to hold him back he's going to be a really good player but uh, the skating is something that's not exceptional and you know i i I use the 100 meters uh in the olympics you know 
you watch all those all those athletes from the different countries running in the hundred meters in both the men's and the women's. So they mm-hmm. have heats, right? They have quarterfinal heats. They have qualifying heats. They're all fast, but to get to the final, <laughs> you got to be amongst the fastest. And the ones that get to the get to the final are the fastest. The ones that end up being the superstars in the league are the fastest. I don't see that in Alex's game. Time for the next wave. Score! Braden Point got it done. 35 seconds into overtime. There are great players. Ryan O'Reilly, come get the Consmite Trophy. Superstars. Puck comes free, score! From Bergeron, who tied the game and won it in overtime. Even Hall of Famers after the first round. Becky scores! All right, on to the next wave now, Craig. And the first player we're starting with is Dmitry Sladeyev, a center with uh, Moscow in the MHL, ranked 50th on the Craigslist. And I could not find uh, any really video of him. So you'll have to tell me a little bit about this guy. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm learning about him for the very first time. So describe him to me. Well, how I would describe him to you is as is a player that's just a really smart two-way player. I I don't think he's going to put up significant offensive numbers, but you are going to want him out on the ice because he's competitive. He's determined. He's hard. So how do we try to uh, convey what type of player he is? Well, we use comparables. And the comparable player that I would use to describe Dimitri is Dallas Star centerman Radic Faxa. You know, huh. and, and Radic was a first round draft pick. So, you know, Dimitri's not going to be a first round draft pick. And when you when you watch him play, he, he's got that style of game. He, he he's he's in the middle of everything. He he he's competitive, he's determined, he's hard. He wants to win the puck. And if he doesn't win the puck, he he he's gonna try to come back and win it in the next in the next space. Uh, he can make plays. He knows where to get the puck. I, I think he's got a really good, strong understanding of where his game is and, and what his strengths are. A lot of times, you know, you get younger players that have been so good in one area of the game and, you know, and, and maybe they're not going to be that good at the next level and they have to learn that. I, in the case of Dimitri, I, I don't think he falls into that category. I think he knows what type of player he is. I think he plays to those strengths. And I think that that's why I, when I watch him play, I see him give up the puck. He knows he's not a natural goal scorer. He knows. So where do I need to get the puck where we can take greater advantage offensively? That speaks to real, real significant hockey sense. And, you know, he's powerful. He's got, he's got a, he's got a powerful, he's got a, he's got a powerful approach to the game. And it's not just the determination and initiative. It's physically, he's in there. He doesn't dip a toe. He doesn't reach in. He's, he's fully invested in, in, in all the areas of the game where he's trying to gain an advantage. And that's with the puck. That's without the puck. That's offensively and defensively. And, you know, he, 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 he might, I mean, I have him rated in the top 50, but he might not be drafted to the third or the fourth round or anything. And remember, I'm not trying to project the draft with my list. I'm trying to project potential and where I ultimately see the players. I, I think that Dimitri's a, a really, 
really solid player that has a chance to be a good NHL player for a number of years. I think that's such a good point that you just made. And I don't know if you'll read my mind because that's what I wanted to ask you is that, you know, the, the NHL draft is not the your fantasy hockey draft where you're looking for all the all-star points or, or you're, you know, making an all-star team. The NHL draft is, you know, okay, building an organization with uh, strong players. And and like you said, this this is a player who might slip to, you know, round three or four or whatever, but a player that an organization says – He's going to fill a role. He knows already what role he needs to fill. He has that mentality. It's almost like turnkey once he develops uh, to be ready uh, to step into that role and and not a guy that's trying to play above his means. And every NHL hockey team, look at the Stanley Cup Finals right now. You need those, whatever you want to call them, role players if you want. And and they're so important to winning championships. Well, they are, and, and you need balance in your lineup. I mean, everything yeah. being equal, I, I would love to have, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, though, and, and that depth of skill on every line, but you can't because there's only right. so many of them. And so so now where do, you, where do you find advantages in your lineup with, with other players? And, you know, Dimitri's a, 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 a really a strong skater, a quick skater, but I had to sneeze, so I apologize. That's okay. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 he's smart. So you you put you put the competitiveness with the skating with the with the with the IQ. Well, those are all qualities that I think can help a team be successful. And we see examples of it in the in, in the playoffs every single year. So when when I when I look at, at at what he is and how he plays, like yeah, I think that he can be a, a, a real good player. Now, let me just let me just share a couple of things with you. Okay. He, he is a player that when I look at it, that, you know, we talk about the pause. So everything came to a screeching halt, a pause on March 12th. So mm-hmm. I, I've had the opportunity to watch Dimitri for a number of years <laughs> before this year. And right. so I, I like I have a I, like I have a, a, a lot of viewings on him. I, I think that a player like this, when we start talking and whatever year's time, if he progresses in the manner that I think he can uh, progress, that people might be saying, how did they get him in that round? And I think a big reason will be he didn't have an opportunity at the, to come back and play at the U18. And I think that that for a player like him, we're playing in Russia, playing in the MHL, you know, the U18 affords an opportunity for the key decision makers from every organization to be watching. And and while he may be on the radars of, of teams and they may have seen him at point, it, 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 it's exactly that tournament where you look at and go, you know, a little bit greater confidence to draft him earlier or a little bit greater confidence to say, this is what we're getting and we're going to celebrate it. So when we look back, you know, it very well could be the case that he was a player that got impacted because of the pause in terms of his draft status. That is an excellent thing to watch, and I, and I really look forward to that. And, you know, I mentioned that, uh, you know, if you're drafting your fantasy lineup, uh, whether this guy is uh, valuable or not. But, you know, I'll tell you, Craig, in the ultimate fantasy hockey league, this is a guy who would be perfect because uh-huh. he's going to be a good cap hit when he eventually gets there. He's going to fill a role. And that league is almost identical to the NHL. It's so, you know, there are some things that are a little bit different because nothing can be the exact same. And that leads us to the upcoming draft. These players that we're talking about, as you know, this is how the draft works. The first 
two rounds get auctioned off to the franchises so guys like me and then all the rest of the players are available to trish and yourself and the other scouts and let me tell you, trish has been on me the last two weeks about the draft and rankings and she's wondering who's going to slip out of the second round that's going to be available because then it's the guys like you that put your knowledge to work in the ultimate fantasy hockey league and start scooping up all the third to seventh as we know craig there are so many great players after the first round i i can't wait to watch your mind work and and trish's barking orders to see what happens with high level scouting and the ultimate fantasy hockey league well uh, listen we just talked about dimitris lodeyev and get him on the list all right, I'll pass that on to Trish for sure. So uh, okay. it, it, it better be on the list before this episode airs because we don't want to be giving away anything. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's going to be so many players, and and that's the beautiful thing. And and that's this is the only fantasy platform where I've seen have a scouting platform and it just opens up such a new avenue to so many different people who go to junior games and love watching it so we're so glad that you're a part of uh, the ultimate uh, franchise uh, or the ultimate fantasy hockey league well yeah and I'm thrilled to be part of it and you know one of the one of the things that I would say to you know prospective scouts and the people that have interest in scouting is that you know, this also gives you an opportunity to watch players, to hear about players, to assess players, and, and to test yourself, you know, based on what you've seen, based on what you've heard, based on what you've analyzed, you know, from video or from data or whatever it may be. And, you know, like really show, okay, you know, we all have beliefs and philosophies and confidences in terms of assessing players, but nothing's perfect. And as you refine that, and as you continue to go through it, and the Ultimate Fantasy League gives you that opportunity to do exactly that. So don't let this be an opportunity that you, uh, that you don't use uh, to advance uh, your scouting prowess. Yeah, and raise your reputation and make yeah. uh, some uh, money on the side as well. And and maybe one of those guys, and sorry to give away all of our secrets possibly, but let's talk about Tyler Tulio, a right winger with Oshawa of the Ontario Hockey League, ranked 61 on the Craigslist as we continue in the next wave. And uh, the the things I've read about him, uh, that, that he has a motor that doesn't stop running. It's kind of one of those phrases that comes up around this guy. Is that is that what you see? I absolutely do. And, you know, I see a player that's smart. I see a player that's skilled. The other thing that I always hear, and, and, and it's one of the things that I'm never going to stop hearing it, oh, is he big enough? Oh, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like he's strong enough. Well, you know, is he going to be able to play at his size? He's 17 years old. Are you kidding me? Like, of course he's going to get stronger. Of course he's going to get better. And I don't know why people want to fall into this trap of looking at a player. The whole idea of scouting, assess the qualities, and then you got to take those qualities and determine if you can be able to uh, translate that to the NHL with potential and once you're physically mature. Now, Tyler, I talk about he's competitive, he's smart, he's skilled. Once the physical maturity comes – those things aren't going away. Now, one of the things that really impressed me about Tyler was the Oshawa Generals made a trade for Philip Tomasino at the trade deadline in January. And uh, I saw Oshawa play, I want to say three, I'd, it might have been four, I know it was three times for sure, uh, after Philip's uh, acquisition. 
And they put Tyler over on the wing and had Phillip play in the middle of the ice. Now, Phillip is a great skater, drafted by Nashville in the first round. And I, I like Phillip in the middle. I like Phillip's ability to, to have more room to use that speed. But what I saw in Tyler, you know, you're switching positions, and they wanted to have Tyler play with Phillip because, you know, Tyler's so skilled. But it, it, it takes a different type of acumen, a different type of, of understanding of the game to play on the wing and to play with a player that fast that needs the puck when he's moving, that knows how to get open and recognize how that player is creating space with his with his speed, and then to be able to take advantage of it, not only so, so he can uh, be at his best, so you can be at his best. I absolutely saw that with Tyler. It really helped me understand that this is a versatile player in Tyler. This is a player that can play in different positions on your team. But it's not easy to play with skilled players. You have to be smart and, and understand what they're doing and at the same time understand how you can take advantage of it. Tyler did uh, a great, great job of it and really demonstrated that to me in a significant way. Yeah, it really seems to be opportunistic, knows the right spot to, to be in, to be able to finish off plays. And we, we've talked about that in the past, as that being a skill. Um, as for his shot, how would you rate his shot as a as a just a, a goal scorer? Well, I mean, so, you know, I'm always, we're always confronted with this leading into the draft. We, we ask about a shot, right? Just mm -hmm. about every player's shot is not, not very good. It's average to weak heading into an NHL draft because I'm looking at the shot. Can you beat NHL goalies with it? Connor McDavid, I mean, the best player on the planet. Okay, Like, he had to work on a shot. I mean, this is a, a, a perfect player coming into the NHL, you know, in every single regard, except the shot wasn't very good. But we ask ourselves why. Why was his shot not very good? Number one, physical maturity. But number two, he never had to use his shot. He skated around everybody and scored within five feet of the net, right? Mm. <laughs> so it's the same thing with Tyler. Tyler isn't strong enough to overwhelm goaltenders with a shot. It, 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 will it get better as, as he gets stronger? Absolutely it will. But the shot that I'm looking at at this stage of the game is – you know, how, how does he get it off in traffic? How does he get his hands set, you know, when he's being checked by a defender? How, how does he free his hands in tight? You know, you might have his body checked, but does he get his hands open? And does he have the touch in and around the net or in those spots uh, to score or to make a goaltender, you know, really challenged to make the save? So what I would answer to that is, yeah, Tyler has that. And so, yeah, and that's so, so to yeah, well, and I'm trying to look through the layers of scoring, of, of shot, yeah, the velocity and and over doesn't have it, but and and I and, and I'm not using like I don't want to use this like like, like in a negative way, but right. David Shazowski was the second overall pick to the New York Islanders. He had 60 goals in his draft year. He had a tremendous shot. He had an unbelievable shot. He overpowered goaltenders. So now you ask yourself, you know, what kept him from being that player at the National League level? I mean, there was no way you were looking at David Chizowski and saying he's not going to go to the NHL. But what I would suggest, if you go back and look and try to understand what may have, you know, one of the things that may have kept him from being prolific at the NHL level was maybe he wasn't able to get the shot off in traffic. Maybe he wasn't able to have that quick release. Maybe he wasn't able to free his hands as well as he did in junior. And 
you know, we're not we're not talking about a player that wasn't incredibly proficient at scoring goals and overpowering goalies, but it's not just about overpowering. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hop into the tracking the draft time machine. Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft. And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop. <laughs> plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago. Moving on to Time Machine now, and uh, the player we're looking at in the 2020 draft is uh, Thomas Bordalo, a center with the U.S. National Development Team and the USHL, ranked 37th on the Craig's list. So uh, take us on a trip with this player and somebody else, Craig. Well, I, I mean, one of the things about Thomas, and he, he, he's the son of uh, a former NHLer Sebastian Bordalo. And Sebastian has worked with the Nashville Predators, and Sebastian's a, a, a really good development coach, and, and you know really understands development. And you know Thomas isn't the biggest of players, but what I will tell you is this: Thomas is exceptionally smart in the game. He he knows he knows how to gain like six inches. That's enough of an advantage for him to have the upper hand on an opponent. His skating is good. He's quick. He's fast. And, you know, but, but he changes gears. Like he's really good at being able to change gears and to be able to keep opponents off balance. And because he's competitive, when he sees that little bit of an opening, he's coming right at you. And when he is able uh, to, to do those things, and he does it defensively and he does it offensively. And, and those are those are significant, significant areas of the game that, to me, allow him to make an impact in the game. You know, he's got good hands. He, 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 he is, again, he, he can play defense as well as he plays offense. And, you know, you, you, you look at him and, and, and I think about him. OK, so you're looking at him and you're saying, OK, he's not tall. Doesn't matter to me. You know he's going to mature as, as, as he gets a little bit older. And, and I see this player that's really competitive, really determined. Like areas of the game, he takes every single scenario and every situation in the game seriously. And, and, he, and, he, and he treats it like that's the most important part of the game. And, and, and I absolutely love that about him. And I think it's a, a really significant quality. So now we go to the time machine. So who could I be comparing him to? You get to guess. Maybe I'll give you two guesses. Okay. Uh, well, is it like somewhat recent? I'm, tr I'm trying to think. I don't uh, know how recent. He won an Olympic gold medal with Canada in 2002. There's a hint. Okay. Uh, All-around player from the Salt Lake City team. Uh, man, there's there's just so Fierce competitor. Are, I, you know, I'm I'm... Ther Theron Fleury? Michael Pekka. Michael Pekka. Ah, I love that. Yeah. A so, second. you know, M Michael Michael was a little bit faster. Uh, I think that Thomas at this stage is a, is a little bit more powerful with the leverage in his skating. But the detail in their game, the way they attack, the, they're in your face. They, they Like they want. Now, Michael, yes, he got more 
uh, as he, as his physical strength came, right. I mean, he was a, I mean, he was a fierce competitor and mm-hmm. he, he became that player that was going to, you know, he would hit you. He would be involved in that. That's, that's, I see similarities in Thomas's game, real well, significant similarities in Thomas's game because he's zero fun to play against. And if, if, if you don't take, if you're playing against Thomas Bortolo and you do not take him seriously, he is going to eat you alive. I love the comparison to Michael Pekka. And when you talk about, uh, you know, being in the game, because the most important time, uh, you know, Michael Pekka, I saw firsthand in that 06 run that the Oilers had. And listen, Chris Pronger and Dwayne Rolison, they, they get a lot. And obviously Fernando Pisani, but Michael Pekka was, he was good during the regular season. And then you got to the playoffs and he was great. And and it by the sounds of it, Thomas Bordalo was the guy that you want in that clutch, in those most important games, uh, because he just does things well, whether he's, you know, uh, chipping in. But, you know, so do you see him as a, um, you know, being out against the other team's top line, like a, a, a really strong shutdown uh, centerman? Here's what I feel. I feel that if I'm the coach of Thomas Bortolo, I can put him out in any situation mm-hmm. because he, he's smart. He, he's exceptionally smart. And, you know, the beautiful what, – what I love about Thomas, and Michael had this too, and it might have taken you to 2006. Like, uh, go back and watch the 99 Stanley Cup final and watch Michael right. Becker wreak havoc on the Dallas Stars. I'll tell you what, like, yeah. he was a really good player. I tried to really acquire him hard when I was with the Calgary Flames before he – in the year he was sitting out in the contract dispute before he got traded to the Islanders. I, I tried exceptionally hard to get him. I love Michael. I love him as a person. I love him as a player. So – the other thing about Thomas is Thomas is, 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 is like, he's not, he doesn't have to go a hundred miles an hour all the time to be tremendously effective. But what he, what he does is he sizes up the situation and he, he keeps you off balance. He, you know, he, he he's that hunter, you, you know, that understands, you know, what he's trying to achieve and how he's going to try to put you into a spot where he can take advantage of you. And that to me, there's a, there's a cunning, to Thomas Bordalo's game. And I, I think that gets underrated. I think that's something that's going to be really valued by teams that, uh, uh, that, that certain quality. All right, let's zoom ahead. Now we'll punch in 2021 in the time machine and take a look at Cole Sillinger, uh, who, uh, plays left wing, a little bit of center as well. I believe with Metis Nat of the WHL, uh, ranked 21st on the 2021 Craigslist. And his dad, uh, Mike was a prolific goal scorer in junior. I think he had, three 50 goal seasons with the Pats and, and Cole as a, as a youngster already scoring in the Western hockey league, isn't he? Cole's a good player. I mean, he, and you know, point a game with the medicine hat tigers as a 16 year old and, you know, ran into a, ran into an injury that, you know, he would have been even more prolific uh, because, you know, he starts off playing in the Western hockey league with medicine hat and is really successful. And then he, and, and he would have only become that much more successful if he hadn't got hurt because you're just getting better. Uh, really, really smart all around offensive player. And you know, like the one thing about Cole, when you first watch him play, you know, he, he doesn't kind of jump out at you with this flash and dash skill, but you start watching the game and you go, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who made that play? Oh, that's Cole Sillinger. Oh, who's on the puck? Oh, that's Cole Sillinger. Who, who just had that shot? That's Cole Sillinger, right? He, 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 he's always in the right places at, at, 
all the right times. And he's competitive. And, you know, he's got, the, he's got excellent hands. His skating, what I, I, I would call his skating, real solid. Do I think it can get better? Absolutely, I think it can. But his mind is exceptional. And if, if you have Cole Sillinger on your line and you're playing as a line mate, I think you're thrilled because he, he gets invested in the hard parts of the game. He, he can finish a play. He makes plays. He, he grinds to create opportunities. He never gives up on a puck. And, you know, he understands where the next best play can be. So that's either getting open or moving the puck somewhere. And those are quality. Again, I, I use the term, what translates to the NHL? That's everything that translates to the NHL. Cole Sillinger, in my view, clear cut, top 20 pick in the 2021 NHL draft, whenever that may be. And and this is a guy who, you know, do you think is a, a clear cut number one line, top line uh, player uh, going forward as far as potential? Uh, well, I see him like, I mean, he, like he, he, he's already that junior hockey, I think it's <laughs> a 16 year old and 17 year old. And so, so do I think that uh, he has that capability? Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent stuff. All right, Craig. Well, uh, we will creep closer and closer to the draft with uh, one more show, and then uh, we'll see uh, where all the pieces fall. Thank you so much again uh, for joining me. Uh, I know Trish will be cracking the whip here about the uh, – well, we have to wait until the draft is uh, is happened before, uh, but she's salivating about all these players. She's so excited. So um, good luck with uh, dealing with Trish uh, during this. She's going to be uh, she's gonna be a bulldog about this. It's okay. Uh, like, you know, what's what <laughs> – it's all good. I like bulldogs, right? Number one, you know, as long as they don't bite and I don't <laughs> right. like, so I'm good with that. But, but, you know, if you, if you want to be successful, it takes a clear minded determination to get there. Trish has that. And I'm, I'm happy to be part of it. Awesome stuff, Craig. Thanks so much. We'll talk next week. We will. Thanks Dean. This is a serious message. Craig button joins us on the ultimate franchise fantasy sports hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. Another great episode with uh, Craig Button. Uh, I'm saddened that we're so close to the draft, but hopefully we'll be able to continue this for 2021. And I'm really excited about uh, seeing Craig's input into high-level scouting in the Ultimate franchise, uh, Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League on the UFFS platform. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, There's a lot of different scouts on there. Now they get to kind of measure themselves against a guy who was uh, helped put together a Stanley Cup championship in Dallas, NHL GM and director of scouting for TSN. And in the next little while, we will be bringing you Craig's counsel, where Craig will give you some scouting tips. And of course, this will be important and helpful for those in the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports platform or for anybody who aspires to be a scout. If you have a specific question, email us, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. We'll add it to the list of topics that have already come in when we do Craig's Council. So really looking forward to that.
Time to flex your brain and answer this draft-related trivia question. Well, we're waiting. You want answers? Pay attention now. So you're telling me there's a chance. Can you dig it? Hands up with answers. Thank you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah! So our trivia question is, name the highest-drafted Oshawa general not named Eric Lindros, who went first overall in 1991. Uh, that would be Nathan Horton, third overall in 2003. Uh, that was not a bad draft at all. So there you go. That was the question. Hopefully you got it without having to look it up if you're a uh, draft junkie or an Oshawa general fan. And our Twitter poll question, who will be the top Swede taken in 2020, Alexander Holtz or Lucas Raymond? A little bit closer since the last time we actually talked. Uh, it's now uh, 52 uh, 47 in favor of Raymond. So Holtz is gaining a little bit of steam with uh, that one. We'll see. It's interesting. Uh, obviously, two um, highly talented uh, wingers that can do some damage. That's going to do it for us on this episode. Big thanks, of course, to Craig Button, the director of scouting for TSN, who gives us his time each and every week. And his knowledge and i'd love to hear what you think of the show hope you enjoyed it if you did please subscribe and let us know uh, with a review and you can uh, chime in privately if you want to or if you'd like to advertise on the show you can get to us at tracking the draft at gmail.com and if you love podcasts check out podcastalley.ca. it's where all of my shows are hosted and i'm sure there's something else there that you might enjoy Big thanks to Craig Button for joining me on the program today. As usual, we'll be back next week as we run right up to the NHL draft. Thanks very much for joining us. I'm Dean Millard for Craig Button. This is Tracking the Draft, where the stars of tomorrow are discovered. We'll see you next week.